Hey, this is John here from Movie Lovers Tonight, of course, and we're going to be doing The Godfather 3 uh, review. I have Prop Top Alex here with me. I also have Rossi here with me. We're going to be talking about The Godfather 3. This is not my favorite Godfather movie out of the out of the bunch, but still, overall, it's still going to be a fun time. So with further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with the show. All right. How y'all doing? Good. That's great. Man, it's great to actually have everyone back and everything. I mean, I know that everybody's been busy and stuff like that, so it's good to actually have everybody inside the same room again. Right. Good to see everyone. Hi. Hi. Hey, Alex. But, like I said, we're going to be doing our Godfather 3 uh, review, so further ado, let's go on ahead. So, I'm just going to give a little bit of a synopsis of what this film is about. Uh, it starts off in 1979 with Michael Corleone. He's approaching 60 years old. He racked the guilt over a, being a rootless rise to power, especially for having ordered his brother Fredo, Corleone's murderer, who donates millions of char- to charitable causes. Michael and Kay are divorced. Their children, Anthony and Mary, live with Kay. At the reception, following a pay, uh, papal o- order induction ceremony in St. Patrick's Old Cathedral in Michael's honor. Anthony tells his father that he is leaving law school to become an opera singer. So that's going to be the synopsis that I have. So this is your guys' first time. And after that, I'll go into what my first experience was watching this film. Because whenever I saw Al Pacino, the way he looked, I was kind of like, who's this? This is an (laughs) imposter. So this is not Mike Corleone that I knew from the first two movies. But you can definitely tell this is not 1970. This is definitely not the Michael Corleone that we know right. from the first two movies. This is actually shot in 1990, pretending to be 1979. Right. And of course, it's also also had a budget of 54 million, and at the box office it made 136.9 million for wow. some reason. Wow. So, with that being said, I'll let you guys have the ground floor for right now. You start off, Rossi. Okay. Well. um... So I know, first of all, I know that people don't like, you know, it, it's not the favorite one, but um, I really liked it. Um, of course, we start out, you know, of course, another huge party, um, another gathering. Um, I forget what it was for, but anyways, it's another gathering um, and we get to see Michael again. It was odd to see him. Um, I keep forgetting that he's aged, so he's really old this time. And uh, he's, you know, we're getting the news that his son who he wanted to be uh, a part of the family business is going to be um, an entertainer. He wants to be a singer. We're introduced to um, uh, Kay again. And, you know, she's aged quite a bit, but um, she's still, uh, what I like about her, she's still devoted. She's still, you know, involved um, in Michael's life, uh, not just because of the kids, because I think she truly loves him. Um, but still very angry at him because of um, who he became. So the movie starts and all the politic and then all that starts as well. A lot of new faces. Yeah. Yes. A lot of new faces. And I love Andy Garcia um, as Vincent. Vincent. Yes. You know, as soon as we get introduced to Vincent, you didn't even have to guess whose son it was because obviously he has that same energy that his dad has. So it was, I I like the new cast, new faces. That was the weird thing about it for me because I thought when it showed Anthony Corleone, I thought that was Sonny's son because that actor looks more like Sonny than Andy Garcia did. I'm like, oh, that's totally, that's totally Sonny's son. And then it was like, nope, that's, that's Michael's son. I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) someone cheated then. <laughs> and uh, he don't look like you, but um, yeah, I like I was down for it at first when it started. Um, I liked Vincent up until him and his cousin start flirting. I'm like, oh no, why, why, uh, what's happening here? Why are we going this route? And then when they were talking, she was like, oh, you probably didn't recognize me because I was just eight year old, eight years old. And then he was like, oh, I had a lot of eight year old girlfriends. I'm like, what? What the hell? True. True. <laughs> the dialogue is not the greatest in the opening no. act. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm disgusted by both of these people. <laughs> and I hope this gets resolved at some point. And thankfully, yeah. at the end of the movie, it does. Yeah. But I, yeah. I was just like, okay, planted a, a gross seed in my head. So I'm just like, hmm. So I'm just 
first cousins at that first yeah. cousins first cousins yeah and then like she said i love him but i can always love him first i'm like what uh, remember remember yeah. that yeah i'm like okay oh, i'm like yeah. this you know when you first watch it i'm not reviewing it to be reviewing it that whenever i was you know when you first watch it that's whatever i did i was like okay i didn't i didn't like question anything or anything like that i was just watching it just to be watching it but now watching it and reviewing it is a total different experience i'm like mm-hmm. okay they could have done without that right and i'm like they oh. could have done so many different things right. right they were trying to force a relationship between the cousins when they shouldn't even be needing to do that right this is what happens when you don't have source material to a movie right. and you try to make it your own that's what i have against films that are do- that do that now i know that they're making a prequel to it but at least with it you have a 1779 page book that you can make a prequel out of right because it revolves around that town with this they're making it's like okay um basically what coppola is trying to do is just capitalize off what he did with the first two films because of the fact the two, two first two films were popular at least yeah. that's what i got out of it okay. but the opening scene with vincent i thought that he he reminded me so much of sunny right and the yeah. way now i know that the look doesn't look fit him but as far as right. the <laughs> mannerisms of sunny yeah. though yeah. yeah, he has his father's temper. Yeah, he also winds up making the same mistake that Sonny made by telling someone what he thought, and Michael right. had to correct him and tell him, "You never tell anybody outside the family what you think." Right. Mm-hmm. And also, too, he also has Michael's strong abilities and strategies yeah. as well, because we see that being played out. It seems like Coppola was trying to go with nostalgia from other from the first two Godfather right. movies and try to make this one. And that same kind of flavor, it just does not deliver, especially whenever you see the party going on, and then you see the singing, then you see the Johnny Fontaine character come in, and right. he's singing. And I, my favorite line, though, Al Pacino says to him, he goes, Michael, what, he goes, Michael, where you doing? Going? Where you going? He goes, oh, I'm going to go put on some Tony Bennett records. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming out here. So, yeah. <laughs> So that's my favorite thing that he winds up doing is he goes, listen to some Tony Bennett records, just bringing his ball. So I thought that was very good because, you know, the sausages. So he said, so, you know, I like that. But then you get into the other characters that were introduced to it. It kind of reminds you of the opening of the very first Godfather, where you wind up having Marlon Brando's character, Don Corleone. Yeah. And people are coming up to him for uh, requests because this is his daughter's birthday and nobody can actually introduce anybody on his daughter's birthday. With right. this one, you have Benson who's starting trouble with this other boss, this uh, this muscle, yeah. and that's where the war confrontation comes in at. Yeah, but- I also, um, back to the cousin thing really quick, guys. <laughs> Can you guys notice like that he made it a point for them to keep saying, hi, cousin, hey, yeah. cousin. After a while, you're like, why are you wanting us to know that they're cousins? Because, <laughs> right. hey, cuz, hey, cuz, and then they're saying that when they hook up together so that was kind of odd because i kept saying why are he why is he stressing that that they're cousins you know because like it's it was it was odd um but um going back to i i did like this one it was interesting but i do have to say yeah he did go back and pull a lot of things from the other uh two films because um Speaking of the the muscle that's that um Vincent who did not like, remember the scene in the second Godfather where they're having it's back in old Sicily and they're having that like um communion parade or whatever, and that's when you know uh, uh Marlon Brando as a young man how he you know becomes Godfather he kills the mm-hmm. guy and they're okay the same thing they pull this that happened in this one also the the theater with the the Muppet show or puppet show so yeah, in Italy. The- Things. Italy, yeah. There's a lot of things that he did, you know, um, bring back from the other movies. So I just wanted to say that, yeah, yeah. Um, I what what I, I what I liked originally when I was first going through the movie, I liked how um, more lively Michael was as a character. You know, he had <laughs> like not not that I didn't like his. Not saying he had a lack of personality in the first two movies, right. but in this one, you can you can see he's trying to open up more as a human being. He's joking around, he's smiling, he has different tones of voice. Like I liked it, but at the same time, I didn't like it because this movie seemed to ignore a few things that happened in the previous movie. Like, wasn't Michael like disowning his wife for aborting his baby? Oh, that's right, right, yeah. that's, that's right. right. 
Like, but also can, too though, kids can they, never see her again. Like, you can never see your kids again. Right. And then immediately in this movie, he's feeling some type of way about right. her, and the kids have a relationship with her. I was like, wait, right. when was any of this resolved? Very true. You know? Well, I remember this though. Because it's been seven years since they saw each other. And they even say that it's been seven years. And this is the first time. Yeah, she's married now. She has another husband. So they haven't seen each other since that time. So over periods of time, I think things heal. Right. So therefore, the way you once you thought thought of when you were young, is you no longer act that kind of way. You kind of mellow out a little bit. So seven years have passed since Kay and him saw each other. Because if you remember the opening scene... It also starts off with the empty house. It also explains right. uh, Michael's right. emptiness that's inside right. of him because he doesn't have K. He doesn't have his family. Yeah. So the emptiness and the decay is basically Michael. Right. And that's what I got out of it. Okay. And then you also have this whole thing where he's writing a letter to K saying how much he misses her, how much he misses the kids and everything. And after that, it goes to the exposition of 1979 where he hasn't seen K since that time. Okay. So it's self-reflection. Also, too, you're dealing with some emotional damage too because she said wow michael it's been a long time he goes yeah sure has and then she wanted his blessing to tell him what he's what his son's doing with his own money because he's going to be going to college right yeah and he's going to be an opera singer and that's like the last thing that michael wants to hear because here's the thing now correct me if i'm wrong but okay tom hagan's no longer around you see his wife but tom's not around so he needs a concierge he does not have a concierge in this movie to help him along so he's trying to get his son to carry that uh concierge right kind of thing and trying to push for him to be a lawyer so he can help him out with his business when his own son don't want anything to do with his business because yeah. who would want to do anything whenever his uncle fredo got killed on a boat and he and knows he, that now because right. it, the the sister you know bringing her into the whole movie you know the the daughter mary you know right. the fact that there are there were rumblings going on about the fact that you know he did kill his brother you know they know it she knows it but she's kind of doesn't want to believe it you know what i mean alex what what else did you, did you want to mention? Back to talking about, like, Michael eventually, like, forgiving Kay. Like, he was really pissed off at her for aborting his baby. So, like, for it, the movie to start off being like, hey, I miss you. And I'm like, oh, you're just, like, you were really upset about that, Michael. Like, you kicked her out of the house and forbade her from seeing your children. So you're just <laughs> going to be like, oh, I'm not mad about you aborting my baby anymore. Like, he, he made a pretty big deal about it. So, like, I, I'd say I, I, I need, like, a bit more, like, like, at least some form of dialogue, like, hey, I forgive you for doing, for aborting the baby because I was this, this, and this. I understand. Like, we didn't get that in the movie. We just get, like, I missed you. I, I was wrong. Da, da, da. Story-wise, I need I need him to, like, outright say that because it's just like, okay, you're just going to let that slide. And then with his daughter whole thing with his daughter i felt like his kids didn't really have that much of an impact in the movie yeah the, it, was, yeah. It, it was just like dad i want to be an opera singer no you can't please okay <laughs> and then and then, and then no. he was an opera singer well, k walks in there she goes michael if you love your kids you're and if you love me you'll do it <laughs> okay just, just like, okay Okay, okay, okay. And okay. makes it then, makes it happen for 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 the kid. The daughter, you know, her involvement. Um, what I was gonna say was kind of I didn't know if she was gonna be involved in you know his business. I know that 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 they used her as a front, but it was still kind of unclear what wh- why she was seen so much in the movie. You know, um, of course at the end, it, you know, I, I guess you get it. Um, I do like the fact that um in the beginning when when Vincent attacks the 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 muscle, you know. And makes that a problem and he really wants to be involved with Michael and it's like since Michael doesn't have his son who's not going to be involved you know there you have Sonny's son who's very much willing wants to be a part of the family and takes him under his wing like you said telling him you know kind of correcting him like he you know not to make the same mistake Sonny made basically right you know, um, I don't feel that this one was as brutal as the last two um, no. it seemed to be more about the business and um, yeah the, the family business and Michael definitely wanting to get out of it so there you have vincent but there were times where i didn't trust him too much i didn't know at times if he was gonna turn on michael you know with certain scenes if he you know so it was nice to see 
you know, that he was going to take over and eventually ride out with his uncle. And, and yeah, so yeah, he's much more calmer than Sonny, thanks to Michael. But Michael, you know, do- doesn't have the son, so you know, the nephew has to do. All right, next best thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much, yeah, you gotta, Bye. gotta raise up my nephew who wants to with my daughter and <laughs> right. i'm just i'm just mildly concerned about it He's i was like, like are no. they trying to keep it in a family are they trying to you know is this some you know going back years to where you know you want it, the bloodline to stay there but it was just yeah thankfully odd. michael thankfully michael does bring up like that's your first cousin though right but right. like it seems more of his concern was like oh it's not safe because he's a gangster exactly like, yeah right mm-hmm. i'm like right. yeah Yes, that is a concern you should have. But like, right. can we go back to wait? Why are you? Why are you trying to do your cousin in the first place? And then when they show, I'm sorry, I can't get off that because that's that's just what stuck <laughs> with me. Though, right. As I'm watching every time I saw Vincent or his daughter, I'm just like, they want to sleep with their cousin, and then they kind of show them hooking up. Right, like, right, up in Vincent's club during the time when he wants to do the mob hit on Joey Zaza. Right, yeah, and I do love the look of the bodyguard that led her in how he was just giving them the stank eye the whole time. <laughs> like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go get the boys yeah <laughs> like he's probably talking so much mess outside like, doing, doing something with his cousin right i ain't <laughs> yeah, that's all i could focus on in this movie like why do movies like this try to make incest okay it's just like oh yeah and these cousins are falling in love like no 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 no, no. we're not doing this like game of thrones try to make it okay right with cersei and jamie lannister right. like as the season gone like no no they're in love and i'm like no it's weird stop it Don't do that. It's exactly not okay. it's not but okay. you see though to, uh, okay so another thing i want to mention is this too the part where vincent is inside the same room with michael and they're having that dispute with joey and basically joey winds up calling him a bastard uh in italian yeah. and that's what caused vincent to okay. bite his ear okay and so in case anybody didn't know what that was no. that he called him a, so he winds up mike tyson him right. doing holy feeling him uh so yeah but i have to agree with alex though the cousin stuff is very cringy and also to even the guy the bodyguard and everything i i think he's not we're not there he's basically saying what we think it's like right hey hey, bo- hey guys uh vincent's busy with his cousin what do you mean he's busy like rolling Noki <laughs> and flirting with the hands rolling Noki, right. and i'm like are there that was really her only purpose to- in this movie you know <laughs> served no other purpose in this movie like yeah she was a front but like we barely talked about what the front was right it was just like you're in love with your cousin that's her art. yeah and and you would mm-hmm. think that when he became what i forget the name of what michael became where he was in with the pope and when they made that deal and it was in her name and she went and talked to her dad about it i thought from there okay so she's going to be involved way more than we think because they're using her as a front and then that was it and then it just you know it was the love story between her and her cousin who you know was eight years old and he was a grown man or older teenager he's like, he's like so 15 yeah like gross. it was still it's still, it's still gross it, yeah it was so I didn't get, okay, why is she involved? You know, why is she so involved? Now we know that she's she's the front, but it, it was done and over with, like you said. I want to do, uh, do I do want to say one thing about um, Vincent. You know, earlier in the film, you know, you get to see, other than him biting the guy's ear, he was like his father in the means of he was very aware of what was going on when he was in his apartment with the girl, a, a very young um, Bridget Fonda. I think that's who it was who played that part. Anyways, um, they're in the room and he he knows that someone is in in the house and you get to see how brutal he was so that you knew that he was exactly like his father when the intruders come in you know Mm -hmm. have the knife up to her and shoots the guy in the head and for me that was like okay like other than the ear biting thing like okay he's he's as they used to say in the 90s he's about it like he's 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 for this yeah so yeah he's about it he's about it exactly because uh, when you see that scene where he winds up killing those killers at Zaza sends over right and stuff he did a very sunny thing though aside from that he he gets the girl he knows that somebody's in his house so right. he gets the girl to go ahead and she, he goes you know you know I'm, I'm thirsty i need some water <laughs> so she goes on ahead goes get some some water so she goes on ahead goes goes gets him some water she winds up peeking through the curtain because she sees something that's off-putting and then of course that's when we see the uh people robbing him and ready to kill him right. so he tells them hey you know you can go on ahead and shoot her i don't care she's just yeah. another broad to me right and she's just like what 
And the, the reaction of the thug who's just like, sees his friend gets his head blown off and he can't breathe. He's just like, you know, what the fuck? And then, that you know, obviously that, that, that was pretty realistic. Like yeah, that's really realistic. how I would react if someone just got killed. Oh, absolutely. He did a great job reacting to that. And then he's dead. But we know now who, you know, obviously who sent them over, you know, they, right. they want Vincent dead. Uh, the same that you were mentioning, Rossi, though, too, and I'll let uh, Alex have his thoughts on uh, in a few minutes about something, but Michael knows at the end that the Vatican Bank Archbishop uh, Gilday has accumulated a massive deflect and offers $600 million in exchange for shares yes. internalized it and mobile. And, uh, he's a billionaire. Right. An international real estate company, which would make him its largest single sharehold. He makes the tender offer to buy the Vatican's for 25% share in the company, which will give him controlling interest and in the billionaire board approves the offer pending uh, ratifications for by the Pope. Which is our main part of the story. That's that's the story right there. Yeah. That that deal right there, which takes us through the 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 movie, is that deal. How did you guys feel about Joey getting killed off so fast, though? Because I thought he was going to be the main center point whenever I first saw the film um, and stuff like that. I just feel like his character got killed off a little too fast. I wish it was this beef war where they're beefing between the two families. Is that the one where the helicopter comes down and shoots everybody? Yeah, I was... Yeah. Uh, Joey kills everybody, then Vincent retaliates and then shoots right. every right in the crowd, shoots Joey in the crowd. Yeah, um, that that scene alone, um, the most violent scene in the film, um, wasn't expecting that, didn't think that the whole family, basically all the families would be killed right there and uh, done and over with. I mean, it happened quickly, wasn't expecting yeah. that. As soon as the one older Dawn like, got up to, like, I'm gonna go get him, talk some sense into yeah. him, like, you a rat, and then they all got killed. Right. In the room, I'm like, oh, it's that old dude, he's involved. Like, and up the door and I mean to make sure that they're on dead yeah that took me by surprise I wasn't expecting for something like that to happen so soon yeah I kind of figured Joey Zazu was gonna die uh, not Zazu that's that's the bird from Lion King <laughs> Zaza. So, Zaza Zaza Joey Zaza Joey Zaza <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zaza. I had a feeling he, he he wasn't gonna last long, but I knew someone was pulling the strings. So I'm like, who's pulling the strings? Who's the old man walk? That's the puppeteer. Okay, next. And I'm like, oh, and then, nope, yeah. we, still, we still got an hour and fifteen minutes left. Okay. Yep. Right. And then you have the the what the uh, the other older gentleman who um was Michael's close friend, the 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 older one that always wore the hat. Who, oh gosh, dude, who I didn't even think would like betray Michael because there was one part of the movie where I think Vincent was uh in the scene and he mentioned to Michael, uh, be careful who you trust or who you lend. It was something like that. And it was uh, it, it was like, because he looked back at Vincent when he told Michael that. And I think they were over in, in um, Naples or Italy somewhere. But when he said that, I, I was thinking at that point, okay, he's hinting towards the fact that maybe Michael shouldn't trust Vincent as much as he trusts him. I wasn't expecting for the older guy to be the one that wants Michael gone. And it surrounds this deal that we have right it's all this power and all this money exactly. and that's what it's about it's a right. billion dollar billion billion dollar deal and everybody right. wants the piece of the pie right it's just that that family wants the bigger slice so what better way to kill all the families to get that uh slice of pie right we get it all but it also but goes to show you how powerful the vatican actually is and how corrupt they are so it goes to a deep dive into the vatican yes I, it does. I, I always appreciate it when uh movies take shots at organized religion it's like yeah. hey you know it is kind of shady because like the whole like, like that was the pre purpose of this deal like whoever controls this company basically yeah. controls the vatican right right, so, right. exactly imagine how influential the vatican is like they can do whatever they want and right pretty much get away with it that people are so into religion so it's like no no disrespect to people who are religious but right. you know like it, it, it is what it is <laughs> it, it's used a lot as a tool to manipulate and control people so right. it's like it's a scary thought so that, that like one aspect of the film i did like but it's just as i was watching this movie it just felt like it's just stuff happening i didn't really need any of this stuff to happen doesn't really connect <laughs> to anything that happened before so it's just like here also the cousins want to have sex with each other like it's <laughs> <laughs> that's how much it kept being brought to my attention watching right, the movie. It was right. like, okay, all right, mob stuff is going on, and then the daughter would come up, "Hi, cuz." I'm like, oh god. And then remember, it was it was always cuz, hey cuz, hey cousin, hey cuz, yeah, like, yeah. By his name, at least, right? Make me forget that y'all. She does mention his name once in the movie. She goes, "Hey, Vincent," yeah, and then she goes yeah. from "Hey, Vincent" to "Cuz." 
Yes. Um, I think my favorite part in the movie is the opera when they are going to see Michael perform at the opera. And I have to say the way that that was put together, you know, while you're watching, you know, the the show, you know, the, the, the play or whatever, and everything is connected. And I thought out of the whole movie, that was my favorite part when we're winding down and you get to see, you know, um, Michael's son perform and, and, you know, do all that and the music that's going on and the orchestra and all that. That was my favorite scene, but I was just holding my breath because I just, I didn't want, you know, uh, Michael to be shot and killed. And I was like, great there. And, and I thought, gosh, Vincent really has turned on him and he's, he's setting them up and, you know, this is going to happen. And I was just that that scene was just very um, suspenseful and the music mm-hmm. and all that. That was my favorite mm-hmm. part of the movie. That one. It's, ca- it's kind of to be honest with you, it's kind of like life and death kind of thing where, OK, for instance, the puppet show that Michael goes and, and shows, Kay, you have death going on over here right. in the puppet show. Then you have life happening with the marriage, with Pete getting married. Right. right. So it's life and death. And then in the this one, it's also dealing with the fact that they're watching a play, but there's also death within that play itself. Yes. And it's also giving us Easter eggs into stuff that happened at the very start of the film and also yes. the origins of that Italian parade. Right. In the festival. Right. So it's basically giving us an origin. And yes, Abby, it's like the baptism in part one right. with all the organized crimes and stuff like that was that was going on. But, you know, yeah, part of me was wondering if Vincent was going to turn on him because right. it could wind up happening that way because right. other mob bosses has a way of actually turning and twisting something one's head to make him believe okay well if you sign up with me you got a much better deal than what you have with michael but at the end of the day it's all about who do you feel safe with and also too it just because you sign up with that mob boss what makes you think that he's not going to kill you for betraying michael and if he's ratting on michael what makes you think that you can he can trust you so therefore he has to kill the defensive would die i'm just going to put that out there but i want to talk about this i like how in a way michael is actually acting like his father to vincent and guiding him just like he did in part one, John Corleone was guiding Michael and was saying, look, I need you to do me a favor. You need to go ahead, go to the f- families and I need you right. to uh, check and see who's actually going to betray And then that's how you're going to know who's going to betray you. Right. Then you make your move. He's telling Vincent the same thing with like chess pieces. Yeah. And I love how he's actually guiding him and telling him, do not tell people what you think. Right. Uh, it makes you weak. You can do this, but you have to leave the relationship between, um, between my daughter and you has got to stop. Right. And I'm like, thank you. I don't care if it's for the mob. I just want the relationship to stop. So for the sake of the family, it's just stop. Like the first time in movie history where I agree with a don't be with that person. I'm like, yes, don't do that. That's right. your cousin. Your kids are going to come out messed up. Think about this though. What did you think about the fact Michael's sister is calling a lot of the shots? Like mm-hmm. she might as well be godmother because she's involved in everything when Michael had the diabetic shot and and went to, you know, the hospital member, that's when, you know, Vincent made some decisions to, you know, get back at the, the muscle. Joey. Yeah, yeah, Joey. I I like the fact that she's she's more involved than we thought, you know, in the first one, you know, she's with the crazy husband who Sonny killed, you know, the second one, you know, she's involved. And then and this one, she's really involved behind the scenes because she wanted Michael to accept Sonny's son and bring him in. Like, that's what she wanted to happen. And she wants, you know, Vincent to eventually be given the family but yeah. she did call a lot of shots and you know there was one odd scene with her where okay we're, we're dealing with the cousin thing so we're thinking okay this family's like this and then you see the scene with her and Michael and she goes up to Michael and she says to him um you know Michael I've always loved you and I'm thinking to myself oh god no you know it is you know because she goes no. and he gives him a kiss. Do you guys remember that scene when she's yeah? Okay, no, I thought to myself, this. "Oh gosh, no!" Because she leans over, gives him a kiss on his cheek. But I'm thinking, "Oh God, are you about to tell your brother that you you're in love with him?" You know. But that was just a, a weird scene because I thought they were gonna go there with with the sister. But um, it, it's just that she absolutely adores her brother. But she did call a lot just of shots. You know, okay. she. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. 
consistently <laughs> I mean, okay. I, yeah, right, right. right. So she was involved I, a lot. She was involved in everything that went on. And and the candy to the dude. The, the candy that was poison, and she kept watching him eat the yeah, candy. Yeah, the cannoli. Yeah, it was the yeah, cannoli. The cannoli, yes. The cannoli. And once again, it's about the cannoli. Yeah, yeah <laughs> because cannoli. remember, because remember in part one, he goes, hey, don't forget the cannoli. Yeah, I won't forget the cannoli. Right. And then next thing you know, she winds up, you can tell she did something with the cannoli because of the way that she's over there trying not to eat it. Right. And trying to show that it's safe when it's not safe. Right. So I'm liking how she's over there watching him eat it. Right. And she's like, okay, yes, it's working. Is he's going to die soon? But I was like, he went through three cannolis already. How many t- <laughs> I'm like, this dude should have <laughs> been dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm like watching, like, why does she keep looking over at him? Like, he ate one that was good. He ate a second one that was good. What, like, what's going on here until finally you she's see, like, I put the poison you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at this. <laughs> I honestly didn't like. Oh, yep, there it is. Yeah. Abby, that answer is my spirit animal. I didn't like Michael's sister either. Like right. the, the first movie, I was sympathetic for her. Obviously, yeah. like abusive relationship. No one, no one deserves that. Right. Her husband needed to go. The second movie is they like made her a mooch. <laughs> Get, had to ask they Michael, made her a mooch, but she was also with this other guy who was actually tr- who was actually conniving and everything too. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing. She had no luck with men. Yeah, they're they're you know just trying to. Oh, Abby again. Yeah, she dips. She dips out on her kids. She does. Where are her kids? We don't know. That's right. Where were her kids? Her her kids are gone. That is so true. They didn't want to see the cousin stuff. They just didn't want to see the two cousins flirting. So they just went on ahead and went there about their business. I guess she had had boys that could have been involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. They. It was nothing about her kids. It was like she was just there. She was just there behind everything. Just there. Yeah, and I'm just like, girl, who are you right now? The last movie acting like you deserve things. Like, girl, what you been doing? <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden you're gonna be in this movie giving out orders. Like, who's you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She was giving out or just like a godmother. She was giving out orders. She was she knew everything that was going on and giving advice. I thought yep. Michael was gonna send her to go fishing. <laughs> I did too. I, I thought at some point it, okay, is she is she gonna take over? Is this what we're going to do? Because I'm thinking that, you know, Michael's going to die, you know, especially, you know, during the, the son's, you know, uh, big gig, his opera day debut on stage i thought that that was going to happen and that maybe you know and that she was involved in that and maybe she wanted vincent to take over because she was so for him you see i didn't think down that level though because of the fact that her well basically her and michael have a close relationship in a sense they may disagree but at the end of the day they're brother and sister Mm. you know so but you know (laughs) and i can see you going i I can see why you thought that though but at the same time i'm like well, they're brother and sister, and families fight all the time. It right. doesn't make it doesn't make me want to kill my brother for wanting to take vengeance, you know, or do because it was about honoring his name. Even though they went against him, yeah. it was like okay, I can see your point because there's no one actually to take charge. You don't have a, a mob boss figure or anything like that, so right. I can see that. Um, let's see. Abby says I can sympathize with you. We're born into this lifestyle and has brought you nothing but pain. So now you're going to going out of Bender drowning, but they never really redeem her. They never redeem her. They give me no reason to like her. <laughs> like what oh now she's just running stuff. So like, okay. Yeah. Like no, that's not good storytelling. Like why why is she running things now? Like why do I have to think she's cool? Like I'm right. I'm all for powerful women in movies. Right. But you know, I didn't like her the last movie because that's how you writ you wrote her. You wrote her as a mooch that doesn't right. take care of her kids. Now she's leading stuff. Is she leading her kids? Her kids yeah. aren't in this movie. <laughs> and out of all the kids, you only see Michael's kid. You only see out Michael's of all kid. women, there's so many of them and you only see Michael's kid, you know. And that now reminds Michael- me, they don't really explain Sonny's son being there. Like they, they, yeah. they, they he's just like, Oh, this is Sonny's illegitimate son. And it's yeah, just he like yeah, he's just randomly there. Right. Yeah, he was he's just, just randomly there. there. Yeah, he was just That's there. what I was trying to tell you guys. Pay attention to the fact that the girl that Sonny was banging in part one, because it actually follows up with uh part three. 
So that's why I was telling right. you to pay very close attention to it. Okay. That's how this movie should have started then with, I think with a flashback <laughs> to that, that and then kind of show a woman, that woman right. like, raising a kid, you know, and then the kid grows up being around the, the Corleone family. That way it would be like, okay, illegitimate son. Yeah, like, context. Probably hiding him away. Right. Because he doesn't talk about it. The mob life. Yeah. He doesn't talk about it. He only talks about his dad when he's with his cousin, Mary, because Mary wants to know, I heard about your dad and, and remember, he died before he was born after his dad died. So he's like, yeah, he's a legend, whatever. But no, you don't hear about my my mom. You don't hear about any of that. You just know that that's Sonny's son. And like you said, from the first one, when banging the woman, okay, that's where the son comes from. But yeah, they don't do a flashback of, you know, maybe him explaining to Mary, yeah, my dad and my mom, and then maybe give a flashback of just, you know, them in a little apartment or something like that, you know? And that's another reason why I thought that they were able to flip Sonny at the end and make him go against Michael was because I thought maybe he had some type of, you know, anger or resentment that he was never around all those years and he, and now he's there. So, you know, is it possible for him to turn on Michael and then take over the whole family? Because remember, Sonny, you know, if he were still alive, I, wasn't he, he was going to be the godfather. I mean, uh, other than, you know, popping off, you know, he was to me in line to be the godfather. He was just irrational. So maybe, you know, Vincent had some, you know, felt some type of way about that and was like I'm gonna you know help kill Michael uh, there's also something else I want to ask you guys about so what did you think about Michael doing the confession to the priest of uh, Lombardo oh wow in talking about his guilt over yeah. the fact of everything he's done and yeah. then killing Fredo and admitting to Fredo and now because of his age yeah. because at that time when you're young I'm not saying I killed anyone or anything like that but <laughs> when you're young <laughs> but, but when you're young and everything you don't think about the, the people that you hurt right. along the way you just think about in that moment you don't think about the future or anything like that you're in the present you don't think about the future yeah. and you're young you think you can take on the world you think that everything's against you when they're not right and i feel like that he could have been a lot more forgiven to fredo since he was so much for more forgiven to his sister who actually did orders when fredo all all he did was make a mistake right even though but at the same time though he went after his wife and his kids right, right. so no, there's he, that he, so he it's kind open, of you know for them to be shot i felt bad for michael at that time when he confessed it was so sad i felt because i really like michael i really do because i remember who he was going to be and who he ended up um, being but that scene was just it was heavy it was so sad he finally said it and then when he's like I killed my father's son I that was just that was heartbreaking I, I felt bad for him it, no. and he and I was happy that he I wasn't I wasn't expecting for him to confess because he's so put together and he knows what to say and what not to say I mean there's times where um there was a scene where he and Kay were talking and in the beginning actually and Kay was like you're still doing whatever and he never admits to what he's doing to her because she could be wired she could be you know what I mean so for him to actually confess I was shocked, but I was hurt at the same time because it was sad. Yeah. Like he realized, he realized what he did. It's a top tier acting from Al Pacino. On that oh, he, he started crying. I was just like, there he is. There's Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. Great scene though. Yes, I, it was. I, I was very beautiful. Just letting all of all of the emotion that he's right. just keeping in for the past past couple movies. Yeah. Out. And it was really beautiful. Yeah. I understand the guilt he feels for having his brother murdered. I don't quite understand why everyone's so confused as to why he did that though. <laughs> like in the movie, like, how could you kill Fredo, your own brother? I'm like, well, uh, well you right. guys are in a gang. Fredo did something that led to Michael almost being killed his wife almost being killed right. his children almost being killed like you're surprised that he was like oh this man almost ended the lives of the people i love so right. i gotta kill him like i wasn't really shocked but i was like yeah fredo's gotta fredo's gotta right. go, gotta go. it was sad how it happened because he, he was he, he ended up being michael jr's buddy and all that but how could you trust him you know, if he was influenced once, he could be influenced again. And remember, even in this film, when uh, Cuz is talking to Cuz, Mary, and telling Asner cousin about, you know, I remember when our house got shot up when I was really young. Yeah, that was that was that was your uncle that did that. You know, so you know, yeah. Right there, where I say, yeah, like, yeah. The children, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, Fredo's gotta go. Yeah, right. he, he had to blood, go. But you tried to murder my blood. Yeah, so, he had like, to go. Like, I don't know why everyone was shocked. 
shocked. Like, how could you do that, Michael? Like, well, what did you expect? Right. Like he said, I did it for the family. I did it for my kids, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. So then we also have another thing, too. This is actually called Vincent's Revenge. And basically, this is actually the same thing that in part one, it was called Michael's Revenge for that chapter. So okay. now we have Vincent's Revenge. And in Vincent's Revenge, we have Vincent's men smother uh, Kinzing yes. and, and then hang him from the bridge, making his death look like a suicide. At the opera, you have Connie, like we mentioned, gives Albert, uh, Albertolo a poison cannoli and watches him die at the opera box. Paolo, Tommaso Farmer bodyguard, stabs uh, Lucchese at, in the neck with his own spectacles. Right. Then you have Neri travels to the Vatican where he shoots and kills Gilday. So yeah, Gilday exactly, poisons... Yeah. Right. They exactly the, the same thing. First movie. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. Same. Yeah. That, that and that's another scene where it was like, oh, okay, that's like when Michael was in a, you know, his baby was uh getting uh baptized and right. all that shit went down while Don was in a hospital. So the same thing that happened. So yeah, he yeah he repeated a lot of things and it was yeah it was the same damn thing. Now my my question is this: Do you feel like it was needed for him to repeat that because of the fact of was trying to show the strengths that Michael has? Or did yeah. you think that um, it was just there just for, be for the sake of nostalgia and didn't really move a lot the plot along for anything? No, I felt that it moved the plot along. I felt it was a, a throwback, but also it, it moved the plot along. Absolutely. Because in it, it, um, it explained when, when I'm thinking that he's going to turn on Michael and then, then you see it all being played out. Exactly what happened with Michael in the first one, with his revenge. So I felt like it, it moved the story along. It explained um why he told Vincent to go and pretend like you're going against me and it explained all that so yeah it, it there was a reason but also it was a throwback I also felt the same way you guys do too I feel like that it was actually to show the masculinity of how strong he is how he has that uh will to actually do anything that needs to be done also to it shows that he's actually Sonny's son while also right. carrying on Michael's traits though too right. that Michael taught him so that's what I thought yeah. Then we finally get the overacting of that we got from the cousin, which is Coppola's daughter. But I like how they do this with Vincent whenever he's saying goodbye to, to her. Oh. Because this will be the first, this will be the last time that you'll ever see me tonight. After this, it's over. And she's like, no. And then. And I then, love you. Love I love the you. Love. And then you get the final shot where you see the priest that's going to shoot Michael. But first you get the guy who's acting like a jackass, acting like a donkey on the stairs. Right. And thinking that he's going to shoot him. But instead, it's actually the priest. And the priest winds up shooting, raising Michael while right. also killing his daughter. And then he goes, Dad? I'm like, yeah, that was so messed up, dude. When she was like, Dad, she falls down because she's getting ready to ask. I just thought I wasn't expecting that. Like, okay. So, and then honestly, guys, at that point, I'm like, there's the reason. That's why she's in here because it's showing how much he loves his kids. And then you see one of his kids, you know, she gets shot besides so kind of thing, but she gets shot. And it was just, dude, that was sad. But yeah, that was really sad. I wanted to be sad at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> My. The, 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 my immediate thought when I saw the bullet hole in her chest, I was like, thank God the cousin romance. Came <laughs> that was my first, I was like, cool. It doesn't have to be weird anymore. Yeah. Like I shouldn't feel that way about this scene. Like his daughter just got murdered. Like I should, I should Horribly. be weeping right now. But no, it was, I, that's, that's. Uh, I didn't feel like that she served a purpose on anything. I they, didn't, they could have done so much more with her. Like you mentioned, Alex, because of the fact, remember when at the very beginning at the party where basically Michael's using her basically to do the promoting for the business. And yeah. remember, the guy's coaching her goes, remember, use your soft voice and talk slowly so everybody can understand what you're saying. And then she winds up doing exactly what they tell her to do. She could have been the front end of the whole business side of it. Right. And using her in that kind of angle. But instead, they used her as a, a force uh, relationship between her and her cousin. Right. She's only there vaguely for a few minutes and you forget about her. And then right. they put the uh, brother and sister back together again to have this walk with Michael in, in right. Italy. 
And then he explains to them about how he married somebody else. Right. And then I also liked how Kate calls him out on this because we forgot to cover this. <laughs> but remember this? Yeah. He winds up, he goes on and he goes, Kate, this is uh, in this room here. In this room. I thought about you all the time. He's trying to. And uh, he goes, geez. but you married somebody else. I was waiting but for still, that. But still. He tried, he, he, tried to, he tried to put the smooth talking on her and she immediately called him out. Uh, it was like, and then he got married. And he's like, ah. He, he like, on hush yeah. mode. He put on hush mode for a minute. Like, uh, I, still, I still thought about you. Like, bro, come on. I was you waiting like, for them to bring that that's up. such a frat boy answer. You know? Like, because anytime when someone brings in, like in a trilogy, where they bring back some moments from the first movie, you know the person's either going to die, or they're doing some self-reflecting on their own characters and their character building. Okay. So, whenever I saw that, I'm like, dude, you only married her because married Kate because your wife got blown up. Right. It kind of reminds me of Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, where Justice winds up uh, getting blown up in the van, and then and then Silent Bob just looks at him and goes, what? It's not cheating. Justice blew up. So... <laughs> That's what I, that was like the first thing I thought of when uh, whenever um, Michael minds on marrying Kay because of the fact that his wife winds up getting yeah. blown. I like how Kay calls him out on it because every day Kay, every day, come out here to this window and I think about you all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> no. <laughs> And I was happy that they covered that. So I was wondering, like, does she know? Didn't she? Because she, they never talked about it. He never went back and said, you know, I married someone. It was kind of like he never brought it up. So I was happy for her to mention that and, you know, throw that back up in his face. Like, you know, you married someone else. Mm-hmm. You're with someone else. With me. Try again. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know. I'm not new. I, 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 it was always hard for me to like Michael after that part in the first movie. I was just no. like, oh, he really misses his boo thing. And then he gets married to this random lady. I'm like, oh, shady. And then once she dies, he immediately goes to Kate, like, let's yep. get married. I'm like, bro. Yeah. Michael is. I love Michael. I love Michael. Red flags. And how sad was it that he, again, another, you know, you know, something that happened in the first one, how he died, like his dad died, basically. Mm-hmm. Outside, puppy around sitting you know in the the garden by the villa yeah the villa and he's you know really old and he's sitting there camera just kind of you know backs up and you see him sitting there and then he just dies and it's like you know i i appreciate that ending me too because here's the thing it's all about and here's the thing there's no redeemable moments for michael he was gonna die alone right as an old man without his family in the villa that he ended up hiding out from and that was a sad apocalyptic way of actually dying right without his family because he came close to getting out of this thing yes with his family with everybody he got almost got the ending that he wanted if it wasn't for the priest shooting uh the daughter he would have actually made it out out of it without having to worry about anything and then vincent taking the helm of the family right but i like the villa i liked how they did that it's so yeah. ominous and haunting and then they just go on ahead they end it i thought it was beautiful yeah me too i I thought that was a great ending. Nothing needs to be said. You get it. You know why he dies like that. And yeah, so I I really enjoyed this one. I was um yeah I liked it. It was good. What about for you, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did that on purpose. Alex, please don't hold that. Be be truthful the, the, here. The ending. <laughs> For for me, the ending just felt like okay. Now it's over. <laughs> it, it was just like his daughter died. His daughter died, and it was like, oh yeah, that's sad. The incest thing's over, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> and then it just shows like a montage, and then oh, Al Pacino's really old, and he's dead. Okay, yeah. and then it ends, and I'm like, See, that was three hours of my life. <laughs> strange. So strange. I won't say this movie was disgusting. Like people, like other people have described it to me. Like, oh, Godfather 3 is trash. It's totally yeah. Yeah, Like, I won't say that. Redi- I, won't go that. I won't go that far. There are obviously parts of it that, are, uh, that I didn't really enjoy. I thought the acting was really good. There were uh, elements of this movie that were entertaining. It was just, it just didn't feel like it needed to be there. Like, they should have just left it at two. Like, I think think it would have been much better if Vinny wasn't in this movie at all and it was just his daughter Michael Corleone's daughter like trying to get in on the family See, like, hey dad I'll be the front but also you know <laughs> teach me on the let me be the godmama you know what I'm saying the and, then, and, then, and then and then at the end you know they're building her up she's becoming a really cool character and then kill her at the end right because he didn't learn Michael didn't learn his lesson about keeping his family out of it and you know that would have been more impactful 
uh, that would have been a better movie to watch. But you know, you need a man to run the mob, so uh, right. whatever. And you need but, that man to sleep with his cousin too. But whatever, <laughs> whatever. You fine. see, for me, I thought if they got rid of the daughter element and maybe she's traveling, doing something and just leave the son in the movie and then have it primarily just focus on Vincent. I did I would have been okay with it and everything because I think it would have actually more had, had a better storyline. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. Either it was the son or it was going to be the daughter, but the relationship between Al Pacino and the daughter just doesn't click. That was a forced relationship. Everything about this was a forced relationship. We right. even had a forced relationship watching them have a forced relationship. <laughs> so that's how bad it was. But, you know, watching this again and stuff like that, it has some redeemable moments like uh, Alex said and stuff like that. There are some things that works and there's some things that doesn't work. And this movie is messy in certain areas because of the fact that it's a not based off of anything. It's just, like I said before, it's just uh, basically Coppola wanting to make another movie because the other two movies were a success and right. because they got nominated nominated for Academy Award noms and stuff like that too. So you have a popularity of a film. Everybody loves gangster movies. So he's probably like, hey, what the hell? It's the 90s. Let's go and have bring Al Pacino back and everything. Let's get this guest back right. and make some money. I'm actually surprised it made the money that it did. Hey, people, I mean, people love franchises. Love- They'll see it. There yep. will be people that see it. I'm happy but that yeah. we finally got to see it, you know. I mean, can't believe I have another question. You that know? was my other question for you guys. Okay. Uh, was are you guys happy that you guys got to see this movie for the first time and uh, these three movies for the first time this movie no all the <laughs> movies yes i but- i enjoyed Yes, I'm happy that I got to see them. Um, I liked all three. I thought they were good. I mean, uh, obviously, as we pointed out, there's things in the third one that didn't need to be. But um, I, it kept me interested from beginning to end, you know, like the way it ended. Uh, certain parts um, I really liked. And I'm, I'm happy that I got to see what the, you know, the talk was all about. All the memes and the sayings and all that. The horse in the bed and all that type of stuff. Like, I got to hear a lot of things that I people would make jokes about. And it's like oh okay now i get it all right it's from you know godfather one or godfather two or three they were good so with that being said i think that's everything that we had wanted to cover as far as the movie goes but abby has a few things left so two she said i feel like it was has moments but i mean when you come after part two uh it's definitely not up to the same standard but it is totally garbage and then she says, I think the tragic part is, is you see so much love for Vito Corleone from his family and not the same for Michael. And it's just fear yes. for Michael. Very yep. true. That is very true. Yeah. They love business. Vito. Yeah. That's true. So with that being said, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. But I do appreciate you guys watching all three of the Godfather films. I'm glad that you guys got to experience it for the first time. And now you can actually basically wipe that off of your bucket list of movies to see. So with that being said, everyone have a great and safe night and we'll be back on Monday and give you to give you guys another show. Stay tuned for more stuff because I do have a couple more things that I do want to start doing. We're going to do some free tape shows coming up. And since, uh, since I'm not going to be around in October because I'm getting married. So we're going to do some pre tape shows. I'm actually, I'm excited. Raise the, raise the roof. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to be getting married in October. So I figured, you know, we're going to do some pre-tape stuff and even uh, the editing and stuff like that for the audio side, I'm going to do the editing and all that stuff. So the way it can be automatically scheduled for certain days. So it'll be available on audio and it'll also be available on YouTube as well. So with that being said, guys, that's going to be it. I hope that everyone has a great and safe night and bye-bye. <laughs>